Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hello everyone, my name is Min and I'm your co-host from NDS Property Australia and you listen to the SDA Housing Podcast, a show that explains highlights, guides and brings awareness about all things SDA in this ever-changing NDS world. Today, you're with myself and Debbie. Debbie, hello. Hi, Min. We're having a, uh, a topic today which we've never covered before, I don't think. I don't recall this topic in any of our 185 episodes. Yeah, I don't think we've done anything like this. When not to buy an SDA property. Mm. Or, or choosing not to buy. Debbie, what are your thoughts here on this topic? Look, there are a lot of reasons why we recommend people should not go ahead. And so we've just put together a whole list of those reasons. And yeah, probably a really good discussion to have. Cool. Well, why don't you lead the way, Debbie? Okay. So when not to buy an SDA, when you should not consider this investment type, unsophisticated investor. What does that mean, Debbie? Well, someone who maybe has never invested before, who doesn't have the the nous, the the capabilities. They just don't really understand how it how it all works, how it all comes together, any kind of property investment. I think more so, I mean, even if you were a property investor, Debbie, there's a lot of moving parts in SDA, don't you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. So even though you may have some experience investing in a property investment in the past, it doesn't necessarily mean that even an SDA is suitable for you even right now because there are so many moving parts like, as you said, Debbie, the SIL provider, the SDA provider, the government funding side of things in the SDA scheme, or NDIS scheme, sorry, participant procurement. I mean, there's so many elements of uh, of risk here that is applicable to an SDA investment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next reason, lack of deposit. Yeah. People think that a 10% deposit is, is enough. I mean, I've rarely, I think we've, we've rarely seen many investors come in with a 10% deposit. I mean, in the past, we've always said, assume 20% plus. Yeah. When I say plus, I mean plus your, your stamp duty, plus your holding costs, plus your procurement fees for participants, plus your shortfall valuation. So 20% is a minimum, I think, in my opinion. And otherwise, you're paying 3-ish percent for LMI fees, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Lack of serviceability, which follows on from a lack of deposit. Just because you have a, you have a big deposit doesn't necessarily mean you'll get a loan, do you, Debbie? Yeah, of course. Because the, the lender might say, well, you know, this is a big loan to, to borrow to invest in an SDA property, but your, your salary is only, what, 60, 70 grand. Yeah, you've got to have a large serviceability here uh, as per the, the lender's calculations to ensure that you can service the mortgage even without rental coming in from the uh, SDA funding. Yeah. Yep. Which leads on to another point that we put up, which was not having the, the funds to cover shortfalls of income when there are no tenants. Yeah. If you think that you're going to get tenants on day one and be fully occupied, no. 
Debbie, what's the uh, the average time lag to get tenants, do you think? Probably six months. That's get two tenants, you reckon? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, you really do need to – and, in, you know, you've actually written in these notes here that a C12 months vacancy. Yeah, you, you'd hate to, to settle on your property and have no tenants and then be vacant for 12 months. Yeah, that's just – Really bad situation. I mean, that that is worst case scenario. We probably are seeing in 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 best outcomes a maybe three months wait time until you get full tenancy. But uh, in other areas, especially if you're building it maybe in outlying areas where the participants there is not so many there, you are going to be looking at a longer time to to fill your property. Now on to more. Financial things, um, no extra dollars for evaluation shortfall. Now, we're not seeing a lot of valuation shortfalls, but it doesn't mean it won't happen. Yeah, don't assume that the valuation will come on on the dollar for contract pricing. Yeah. We're going to have a bit of a buffer just in case, you know. Yeah, and I think to round up the whole financial side of it is you don't have a lender, i.e. you don't yet have pre-approval from an NDIS specialist lender. Mm. So another reason why not to invest in SDA, or you choose not to, is that you don't understand SDA. I mean, I, I can't, I can't, we can't emphasize it enough, Debbie. I mean, can you? Oh, absolutely not. You really need to know what you're getting into. You need to understand how, in general, the NDIS system works, but you really need to understand what SDA is, how the payments work, how the care works, all of it. If you have just come across this thing, this concept called SDA three weeks ago, and you think it's easy to understand, no. My personal recommendation is, I think we, our personal recommendation is, you should be looking into it, reviewing it, studying it, just doing the rounds with phone calls to other experts and providers. You should spend at least two, three, three or four months of studying what NDIS and SDA is really about before embarking on the decision of, okay, I want to proceed with getting serious and buying something. What are your thoughts, Debbie? Is three, four months enough, Debbie, or do you think longer, Debbie? Oh, look, if you, if you do some pretty serious research in three to four months, you should have a good understanding. But yeah, don't, if you've only just started looking into it, don't, don't leap in. Don't go ringing around, believing different agents and spruikers that you're going to get 15%, 20% yields. You really need to understand what those yields actually mean, where they're coming from, why you might not get those. You need to understand all the pros and cons. Mm. I mean, our podcast, David, for the last year and a half, almost two years now, I think, coming February with two years, we have a lot of episodes on our channel here and a lot of topics. And if you go through our, our, our headings of all our, our episodes, there's different topics, different speakers, different viewpoints. And that should give you a lot of background to absorb and understand and, and re-listen to old topics again because you can never learn it, learn enough. I mean, we always are learning ourselves, Debbie. I mean, we, we're not, I don't think we're experts. I mean, people claim we are, but we're, we want to learn ourselves new ideas, new concepts, new areas, new designs, new developers, new builders. It's always changing. The whole world of NDIS, NSD is always changing every single day, every month, every year. And... We have to learn more about the scheme as it evolves, and we encourage you, our listeners, to also um, keep an open mind because you never know what you, you don't know what you don't know. Is it is what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if you're reading about SDA on online, on the internet, on social media, uh, you know that's not enough. You really need to be 
searching out the all the different sources of of this information. And there's some really good ones out there that, and we can certainly put you in touch with those, but just to, to name a couple of good options, places like Summer Foundation and Housing Hub are a good place to start to get information on specialist disability accommodation. But yeah, you really need to do your research. Mm. Another reason why when not to buy ACA is if you think you prefer a safety property option, like there's nothing wrong with buying a simple four-bedroom house in the suburbs for average pricing with average rents of four or five hundred bucks a week in rent. Nothing wrong with it at all. A lot of um, experts claim that SDA should only be for sophisticated investors or high net worth investors because it is perceived as a high risk. It's a riskier investment than the norm. Yeah. And I think these days with, with the, the rental market in general around the country, you know, you, you're not going to go too wrong with the normal rules around property investing. But SDA is so different, especially when it comes to tenancy and, and keeping in mind that you don't get paid unless you've got tenants in place. And tenants are not easy to find. Good tenants with the, the good incomes, they do take time to come. And no matter what people say to you, oh, it's easy to find tenants. You're in a high demand area. There's lack of stock. It's all good. Should, should, we, should we ride, mate? Like a concern for any estate investor should always be tenancy or tenancy procurement. Yeah. Do you never, ever, ever think you're safe until you got the EOI for application for tenancy in your house for SDA? Until you got that in your hand, you should always be concerned about the lack of tenants for your house because it, it, it's a process. It's a six to eight month process prior to completion. It's a six to eight month process after completion. So we're talking about 16 months here of trying to find participants for your property. Like I can't I can't emphasize that enough. Debbie, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. The a recent episode that we just released was our third interview with SDA Consulting, the second one with the ladies who were involved in the SDA provider side of it, Karina and Nicole. And and that's a great episode to listen to just to get a good understanding of the complications around tenanting these properties. So if you really want to understand that and and make sure that you're comfortable going ahead, then you know that's what you need to be understanding. You need to be listening to people, the experts talk about it. So if you're not comfortable with that, it's probably not an investment option for you. Um, another reason when not to buy SDA or choose not to buy it is if you don't have a plan B. Debbie, what do you think a plan B is for a, a first-time SDA property investor? A plan B could be other options for getting an income out of the property that are not necessarily SDA. If you mm-hmm. can't get SDA tenants, what else do you do with it? True. Another plan B could be exit strategy as well. Mm-hmm. How to exit the, the, the property if it's if it's empty. How to exit the property at another price if it's filled up with tenants. So uh, how to cover the interest costs if it is empty for 12 months. You've got to have the what-if scenario. So like business and any investment, what if, what if, what if. What if I can't find a provider? What if I can't find participants? What if I can't cover the costs of interest payments to the bank? What if, what if, what if? Okay. Yeah. If you think that these properties are too expensive, may not be an option for you. Yeah. Look, some people see value in it. Some people don't. And it's okay to say no. If you don't, if you don't think it's worth 900 grand for a perceived $700,000 property investment, then don't buy it. It's okay. Just walk away or sit in the fence. Yeah. Um, as, as I often say, remember, you're not just buying an investment property. You're buying a business 
inside that property or the potential for a business to be run inside that property. And that's the reason why the valuation is is done at a commercial level, not a residential level, because it is a commercial income, extremely high rents here, paid for by the government under the NDS scheme as SDA funding to the landlord investor. Another reason is if you intend to flip the property after completion, I think if your strategy is to buy and build it and then sell it on, that's the wrong reason for doing this. Because immediately that is that, that is an income perspective, an income perspective of, of, of making money out of the transaction. In the NDI scheme, we've said this before, there's income and outcomes. If your outcome is to make a quick a quick profit very quickly and get out of it, then maybe your reasons for doing this is not in alignment with the stakeholders in the process, Debbie. Misaligned intent. Yeah, misaligned outcomes. When the outcome of the providers is to is to create a home, a safe home for under underprivileged um, participants in the community, and yet the outcome of the investor is to make a quick buck. There's misalignment there, and there there may be an outcome for the investor which may not be appropriate. Because if you're doing this to make a quick buck and you don't make the quick, quick dollar profit, then you may be severely disappointed with the outcome here. Yeah, absolutely. Another reason not to buy is that you can't find anything in the areas you want. Yeah. Any comments then, Debbie? Well, I guess that, you know, if you are looking at investing in SDA, you do need to be open with the areas. And and at the end of the day, there's no point investing in an area that doesn't have the demand and the gaps in supply where the providers and the participants are looking to live. So you might have in your mind, uh, you know, you might have a block of land and you think, I want to build on this block of land. But if it's in the wrong area, if it's not near services or whatnot, as good as the block might be, if it's not got the right location around it, then, you know, there's no point doing it really. You're going to have an empty property. And to emphasize on that, Debbie, in in theory, it sounds good. Oh, I've got a block of land down the road from my house. I want to build an SDA house on it. Well, then it's investor-led, not participant-led or provider-led. And then when it's empty, one can argue, hey, on Mr. Investor, you chose this house to be built on this block of land that you owned previously. We didn't ask you to build an SDA house on this on this location because we would have said next suburb over, not this one here. So you want to follow the participant-led or, invest- or provider-led process where some another organization or another expert has, has verified or confirmed that there's strong demand in this area that you're going to go into. Yeah, definitely. Another reason that it's maybe not an option to move into SDA investing is if you're worried about government changes of the SDA scheme. Will there be government changes, Debbie? I don't think so. Um, I know we hear a lot about the NDIS funding and the way that the budget is, is blowing out of full belief, but the SDA part of that budget is minuscule. We're talking seven hundred million out of billions and billions that has been allocated for SDA, of which only about a third of it is currently being paid out. So, and and I think that the the NDIA really do see the value and the cost savings when people do move into design, well designed, fit for purpose SDAs because of the the benefits that come out of that. Now, Debbie, there was some newspaper articles coming out on the front page in middle or early November of this year, Sunday Telegraph and the Sunday Mail in Brisbane here and Sydney, and it said autism rates skyrocketed or something like that. 
the government, Bill Shorten, is looking to pulling back the, I don't know, the, the process because Australia has the highest level of autism diagnoses in yep. the world. And that is because, they're saying, because of the NDI scheme. Because the NDI has, has made it easy to access, access funds for disability care and funding, that Australia is, has the highest in the world. Yeah. And, and, and they're looking into reviewing that process as to how and why. Yeah, and having maybe funding for autism being funded outside of the NDIS rather than in it. Yes. So watch this space, I guess, on this topic. Mm. But look, this doesn't, as, we're, as far as we're concerned, really relate to SDA. Yeah. Now, moving on, though, negative media news. That does have a impact on investor decision-making when they say, no, I don't want to invest in SDA because, or NDIS because I feel like the government may change or there's negative news. And look, that's a valid reason why people do decide to sit back and watch and wait, and they might not be comfortable with the the media environment with NDIS at the time. Yeah. yeah. And I guess this comes back down to the whole thing we were saying at the beginning is – you know, you really need to understand the whole, not not just the SDA side of it, but the whole NDIS scheme in, in general. And if it's too much hassle for you to go about learning that and understanding it, then it's probably not for you. Mm. Another point I've written up there on the board, Debbie, that we haven't covered yet is when we, if, if you think you are a know-it-all kind of person, I know everything about this it, this, that won't happen. I'm not open to change. I'm not, I don't want to listen to anyone else. In this ever-changing NDIS environment, you've got to be open to changing factors that are out of your control, you know? Interest rate, lending inv- um, rates, you know, government change on policy within the NDIS. I mean, over, oversupply of bills in a certain area, like things do change in this environment and you've got to be open to adapt to those changes. And if you think you know everything and you want to listen to good sensible advice from other experts, then that could be a reason why I would say to someone, buddy, maybe you should invest in SDA because you think you know everything and you don't know what you do. You think your design is best and your location is best, but, and, and your block is the best. I, I, I don't know whether I agree with this and I think you should, you know, be careful what you're, you're, you're saying and doing, you know? Yeah. And I guess that, that leads into also, um, if you're concerned about the, the builder or the end product that you might be getting for whatever reason, you know, you do have to be absolutely confident that you're doing the right thing and the only way you can do that is understanding it and speaking to the expert look my advice to you all who's listening and and i've said this many times before in the past with debbie and matt on other podcasts whoever you're talking to be it a builder or a provider or a real estate expert in in dis look into who they are look at their website look at their linkedin profile look at their background checks i mean i I really want to do a SDA Wall of Shame podcast soon and tell you the stories that I hear and see in the SDA world, which no one, no one really knows about, but I, I see it every day. And these are shocking stories about providers and builders and developers and agents who do the wrong thing by investors. I really want maybe do it next, next few months, but you know, you've got to be very careful who you do business with because everyone is trying to spruik and tell you that it's 20% returns, 100% occupancy rate, and this is the way to go, and blah, 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 blah. Be careful who you do business with, you know? Be very, very careful, um, because everyone can lie to you on the phone, and you'll never know if they're telling the truth. 
just look into the background, the history. Look into the you know if if their website says nothing about NDIS, then then they're a newbie to this game and don't listen to them. Okay, it's very easy to say things over the phone and by email, and and who's accountable? At the end of the day, they're not accountable. Only you as an investor are accountable to yourself as an investor. Okay, no one is to blame but yourself if you do make a mistake. It's sad, but it's true. You know this, I know this. Yeah. Another thing is tenancy. If you worry about tenancy and the inability for providers to give you to give you assurances about a participant demand, don't do it. Don't invest in SDA. If you if you're worried about it, don't do it. If this is your life savings, if this two hundred and fifty grand cash is all you have for your retirement, and you and you're banking on this last investment strategy to make or break you for your retirement future, don't do it. Okay, uh, you know this is not for the faint-hearted. Be very mindful uh, and and considerate of your where you are in life and your risk profile. Are you a high risk, medium risk, or low risk investor? Right. I would I would definitely think if you are a medium to high risk investor, then all good. But if you if you are a very conservative person, do not do this. One mistake can ruin you financially. Yeah, I think we've covered everything, Debbie. Is there anything else you want to? I think I think we have. So in summary, Debbie. Yeah. In summary, why not to buy an SDA property or why not to choose to if you're not financially able to cover shortfalls and vacancy periods, if you're not comfortable with the high, medium to high risk nature of this investment, if you think it's too much hard work to learn everything, then yeah, this is maybe not for you. We'd rather say no to people and tell them maybe this is not for you than try and encourage them. Like we... We're very mild. We've seen enough of this go good and bad sometimes with other investors coming to us, sharing their stories with us. So be mindful of that. And look, it's hard for you as an investor or listener, sorry, to hear or see these stories because there's nowhere to go to find these stories. But we as a as a brand in Dallas Property Australia, we get these phone calls every single day, good and bad. You know, we've I reckon we've spoken to probably 6,000 people, Debbie. I mean, our database was zero a long time ago and now we're at, or well over seven. Seven, which includes B2B businesses, obviously, but at least 6,000. We've spoken to 6,000 investors in the last three years. On the phone, by email, we spoke to them. And and you out there, you, you've been seeing our emails, our, our podcasts, our e-newsletters going out. So we're, we're, we're pretty active in the community. So we do see these stories, good and bad. And we're just trying to do our best to relay to you ideas that work, ideas that don't work, areas to avoid, areas to, to get into, hence the reason why we have SDA Unlocked every month with Debbie there. And also we have our SDA Reports service, which costs 200, 200 bucks to do a report, to give you a, a bit of peace of mind if you're going to invest in, in any area there. But that's enough of our, ourselves plugging ourselves. We we really wish you, you know, just to be mindful of your reason why. Why are you doing this and how are you going to do this? Because if it's not strong enough, maybe you should not be investing in SDA. Yep. Yeah. Any final words there before we hang up? No, I think that wraps it up. Cool. Thank you, everyone. Okay, thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and to share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.